yes, welcome to Blurge United, whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We have got a great show for you today, but first I want to address a little issue, the big issue I suppose, it's been a while since we talked to you, hasn't it? It's been a really long time since we talked to you. Uh, since the last time we talked to you, a lot has been going on. So much. You know, you get how life gets in the way sometimes, right? Life just, it always gets in the way. Um, since the last time we talked to you, I have, well, been working hard. Um, some of you may not know, but I'm, in my regular life, I have two other businesses that I am involved in. I am a rugby coach, primarily. I coach everywhere from... 10 and 12 year olds to elite rugby at clubs um so that has it's we're right in the middle of rugby season and that really just took over um the other thing that i've started is a brand new venture i'm moving into the apparel business uh sports apparel and uh, other stuff so i've been really really busy with a lot of orders for various teams various clubs various um stores and the like and I don't know, maybe very soon, uh, with a little bit of luck, uh, the, the wares will be coming toward you very shortly. But that said, I don't want to use that as an excuse. I don't want to use any of that as excuses, okay? I want to come back. I want. We want to come back. We want to use this as go, go once a week at least. We want to go once a week at least with this podcast and really get you the news and the show that you expect from the goddamn Blurs United. All the while, the, 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 the Instagram page, by the way, has been blowing up. We've nearly doubled the amount of people who are on the Instagram page with almost no effort, just memes and the same sort of satirical look at the world of Blurred. And we thank you so much. We thank you so much. We're nearly at 400 people over there. and we're, we're, We really hope that those folks, we can get some of those 400 people to listen to this podcast and build up build the culture a little bit more and hopefully this will become our prime gig and i won't have to flog flog any more t-shirts or or hoodies or anything like that or or get away from those people on my rugby teams yeah rugby right um anyway let's get right into it uh the first thing that we're going to talk about today or that i'm going to talk about today you're just stuck with me here today Um, is, you know, the news. And obviously, as we like to do, we're going to break it up into two separate parts. Uh, The news, we want to break it up into casting and production news and, of course, speculation. Speculation is our favorite part, right? That's the part where we get to talk about, like, all the various things and our points of view on them, all right? Um, So, yeah, obviously hit us up if you have any points to make yourself or any points of interest that you have to make. Um, So let's get right into it. All right, so what do we have going on in the news? Let me just uh, flip through my papers over here and trying to figure that out. Uh, Okay, first things first. Pacific Rim. Yeah, Netflix are continuing their push into the world of anime and original content. They seem to become, they seem to have become the, 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 the place to get your, 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 your anime fix, new original anime content, go to Netflix. They seem to have got themselves a little niche there. 
Um, and long may continue because, you know, we can't just rely on cable and whatever to give us our anime. Um, uh, but yeah, they've ordered two seasons of Pacific Rim, the anime. This is really good news. I'm excited for it. I, I would love to know what you guys think it's going to be like. Um, it's, it's, I love Pacific Rim. I love Pacific Rim. It's, 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 it combines two things that I love, robots and big, scary monsters. You know, it's, it's, it's like watching Voltron meet, uh, Voltron meet, uh, Godzilla. Every single, every single movie, but like, every time it's bigger and bigger and bigger and better, and it's so much fun. I love Pacific Rim. Long may continue. I I'm waiting for that third Pacific Rim movie. Um... Yeah, let's move on anyway. Um, Lord of the Rings. Uh, so, right, Amazon are doing this Lord of the Rings series that, if you know me, you know I think it's completely and utterly unnecessary. But they're doing it. They're doing it, right? But uh, they're getting the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom director to do it. This is sort of... You know, it's sort of interesting news. I mean, like, is that... I could give you his name and stuff like that and do that journalistic shit, but, like, I mean, do you really care? Do you, re do you really care? Like, you really only care if the director is really bad, has a really bad reputation or a really good reputation, right? Or because of his movies or whatever. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom was kind of like, yeah, it was okay. You know, it was okay. You know, like, you watched it, you enjoyed it, and two weeks later, you forgot you watched it. And then somebody else brings it up and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, it was good. I remember having a good feeling about it. Yeah, yeah. But then you move on with your life, right? Like, that's, that's the feeling I got with Jurassic World. It's not an all-timer. Fallen Kingdom was not an all-time great movie. It didn't have the impact of, like, Jurassic Park, the first one. It didn't have the, the impact of... Hell, it didn't have the impact of Jurassic World, you know? Jurassic World was like, it was good. It was a good, good goddamn movie. It was fun, and Chris Pratt was fresh and interesting back then, you know? We were just like, oh, he's not going to do anything better than Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he did. And then he was, he was good on his own without an ensemble cast. It was just Chris Pratt, and we loved it. I, did, I ate it all up, you know? But anyway, now he's, this guy is taking his stab at Lord of the Rings, the series, a completely unnecessary cash grab by Amazon that, but I mean, Amazon aren't putting the money into this. There's a lot of money per episode. It's, it's kind of crazy that they're putting this much money into it. But yeah, they're, they're doing it big. And this Lord of the Rings series is, it, it promises to be um, expensive, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, yeah, anyway, moving right along. Flash. All right, so Ezra Miller's Flash movie is moving ahead. Um, it, it was reported a, a, a bit ago, I think it was in June, that Ezra Miller's contract was up, right? And that's true. His contract was up. It expired in June, but I guess they must have sorted it all out. And his movie's moving ahead. From the, his Justice League character movie is moving ahead. Um, this time they're getting the director from It to, to direct it, and they're getting a brand new writer. So yeah, that movie is moving ahead. Uh, there's no word yet on a production start date. There's no word yet on when they are going to uh, showcase this movie. But yeah, that's happening. 
So yeah, no word on Cyborg movie because Ray Fisher's contract is also was also up in June. Um, no word yet about that, brother. Um, I'm hoping he does get a new contract because he, he was one of the few interesting things about uh, the Justice League movie. But uh, yeah, no word yet on him and whether he's getting his movie, his Cyborg movie done. So yeah, we all wait with bated breath. Um, all right, one of the things that I, I was a little annoyed about this, we reported this in the, we reported this on the, uh, on on our Instagram page, and everyone was talking about the goddamn Black Ariel flesh fish mermaid goddamn thing. Instead of talking about the fact that The Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds are all teaming up in a movie called Red Notice. I'm like, this is the news, people. This is, this is it. This is what we should all be, this is what we should be talking about. That, that's a hell of a cast coming together. Like, what? who else are they going to add? Jason Statham or something? No, that will be, that's just a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, we, we, we don't need that. But they, they got to add somebody else in there. And then if, if they add like an, a seasoned older actor in there, God damn it. Oh, my goodness. If they add like a, like a Helen Mirren or something like that, that would be, God, there's all these Fast and Who hasn't Fast and Fierce had? Come to think. Jesus. Yeah, they, they kind of had everybody. Anyway, moving right along. Um, Joe Talslim. Yeah. I didn't know who this brother was either. Yeah. Joe Talslim. That's his name. This is what happens when I tell you names, right? You forget them. You don't even know who this person is, but you want the name, don't you? You want the name so you can Google him or get his IMDb or Wikipedia thing. Yeah, Joe Talslim. Yeah, he's been cast as Sub-Zero. I don't know who the brother is. He's been cast as Sub-Zero, though, in the new MK movie, Mortal Kombat, for those of you who don't know. And, uh, yeah. I don't know who he is, but, yeah, he's Sub-Zero, so... That is news, apparently. And Marilyn Manson has been cast in The Stand. That's also news, apparently. The Stand is a, mo- is a movie that is being adapted from the Stephen King books of the same name. Now, that's Marilyn Manson in a movie. He can act, apparently. He, he acts and stuff, I guess. Who knew, right? <laughs> um, all right, let's get in some speculation here. Because, um, yeah, I'm done with that. Um, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige of, obviously, Marvel Cinematic Universe fame. The, 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 he's the guy who, the, who architected this whole bitch up. You know, he's the one who started us, got us in love with Tony Stark, and then broke all our fucking hearts come the end of it all with with Infinity War and um, and Endgame. Uh, yeah, he broke all our hearts. But yeah, he's hinting at the future of the MCU, including the Skrull Kree War. Now, I think it was Secret Invasion was, was one of the greatest Skrull storylines. I wonder if it's going to be about that. Because if it is about that, that brings a great way of introducing all kinds of shit into the MCU. Um... Look, I, I love Secret Invasion. It, it, it's a great storyline um, where the Skrulls come in um, and they're impersonating well-known figures. We got a little taste of that in Captain Marvel, obviously. It's a great way of having Captain Marvel in become key to the MCU. 
um, because she seems to have a scroll-like detector, um, scroll detector in her head. She seems to be able to recognize scrolls easily. She worked among them and she saved them. She saved their asses, right? But what if some remained? What if some remained? Hell, what if the Captain America that we saw was a scroll, huh? That way you can bring back Chris Evans. What if, what if the President of the United States was a scroll? All that stuff. These are the questions. Uh, who, who's, who's who? Also, it brings a great way of introducing the Fantastic Four. This is how I think they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four. Oh, by the way, have I told you my Fantastic Four theory? Okay, really, really quickly. I'm not going to... Whatever. This is how to introduce the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Plain and simple. The only way to do it. Again, as far as I'm concerned. It starts in the 1960s, 50s, late 50s, early 60s, right? During the height of the space race, right? That's when it starts. So Reed Richards is the world's most notable scientist there. A contemporary of... A contemporary of um, Howard Stark at the time, Howard Stark and Henry Pym, right? During the start of the space race and all that. Really super young, handsome young fellows, the three of them, everyone's saying, they're going to save the world, but he's the greatest of them. That's, 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 that's who Richards is, Reed Richards is, you know? And then they go on their fated space voyage in there, and then they get bombarded with cosmic rays, and instead of landing back on Earth, they disappear. That's what I think should happen. They should all disappear, and it's not a... It, it, they enter something similar to the quantum realm, right? And then they land back, but no time has elapsed. They just land back on Earth, and they think, oh, gosh, this is weird. That was, that was a really weird journey. They go through their whole thing out there on some deserted island or some shit like that, and then they discover their powers, and right then they're saved. And everyone's like, whoa. They're back! Oh my god, it's back! And whatnot. And they're still known as the first family because they're the first family who went into space. You see, that the Fantastic Four have always been known in comics as the first family. They go into space, they come back. Back in the 60s, they're the first family to go into space, and that's why they call the first family. They get their powers back, and now they, it's interesting to us because and new because it's the same cast, same, same story, but like they're similar story to uh, Captain America. But now we're, they're finding out about the new world and everything like that. Reed, obviously, because he's so goddamn smart, he's like, oh, yeah, a lot of my theories were true. And Pym's particles, I guess he did use my equation to help solve that blah, blah, blah thing over there. Oh, Howard Stark's son was a hero, huh? Oh, okay. His inventions, quaint, interesting. He, you know, the, all of this, I theorized, theorized about it back in the 50s, but no one wanted to listen or we didn't have the tools. You know, we find out that Reed Richards was actually the architect and the genius behind all of this stuff. That's how you do it. Johnny Storm obviously is, takes to this like a duck to water. He's like, oh my God, they got all this hoverboards and shit. This is awesome. What is this? A Segway. Oh my God, this is the greatest invention ever. Um, you know, so on and so forth. The thing, obviously, he's an ugly fuck. But we're used to ugly fucks. Everyone likes it now. We're all... LGBTQ'd and up and we are we are accepting more of people looking ugly and everybody respecting their own body image and shit, right? So he fits right in, even though he still thinks of himself as ugly and all that stuff. Sue's, you know, she, she's Sue Storm. She's, you know, supposedly interesting. Anyway, uh, but that's how you introduce them into the MCU. And the scrolls are the best way of making sure that Reed's, Reed's intelligence 
comes shining through and the scrolls we do know are one of the big bads and whatnot and get to see we get to see them fighting against the super scroll that's their story not dr doom fuck not dr doom please he's not dr doom then we can just have dr doom as one of their major rivals in the current age he just you know and you read richard's read richard's books were interested of to him reed was his hero and now Reed comes back and is taking all the limelight from a young Dr. Doom. And he's like, no, I'm the genius here. You guys need to listen to me. And he tries some experiment. Reed tells him no and Reed blah, blah, blah. That's something for the second movie. Doc introduce Dr. Doom that way. But he doesn't need to be the villain here. Super Scroll. Do Super Scroll. And it fits in with Secret Invasion. And it's so great. It's awesome. I love this idea. <coughs> Tell me what you think about it. We're moving on. Okay. <clears throat> So Spider-Man is going into uncharted waters in the future, according to Kevin Feige. Uh, we're gonna, he's going to present some sort of story that we have never seen for Spider-Man, the, the third Spider-Man movie that Tom Holland's introduced for. This doesn't mean it's Tom Holland's last Spider-Man movie, mind you. I think that it's going to be really cool. Uh, we do know that the Far From Home writers want to use Craven uh, the Hunter. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think Spider-Man stories are better when they're smaller. When the villain when they're smaller, they're tighter knit and personal. That's when Spider-Man's at his best. Because he has to navigate personal situations while trying to save a wide group of people. He Spider-Man's not great when he has to save the universe. Or he's interesting, sort of, but not great. Spider-Man's at his best when he's trying to save a person, a couple people. He's trying to save a building, the town. That's when he's great. Not when he's trying to save the world. When he's trying to save the world, that's just... It's, it's similar to like when, the, say, Batman is out there trying to save the world from, like, Darkseid. Come on, man. Batman's a street-level guy. You know, maybe a city-wide guy. But he's not a, he's not a galactic... He's not a galactic good guy. Maybe he can talk to those guys and come up with plans... But it's the same thing, and it's the same thing with Spider-Man. You know, they're, they're best when they're dealing with intimate stories. That's when we love them. That's how we fell in love with them. We need to keep that going. Uh, but yeah, I think Craven the Hunter, great choice for a villain for the next one. I don't know how it fits in with, with the, the current storyline that they're presenting with Far From Home, because guess what? I haven't seen it yet. I know. I'm that guy. I haven't seen it. Sorry. My Hero Academia is killing it. Um, they just re debuted it at Anime Fest. Sorry, Anime Expo 2019. And apparently it is theshit.com. Oh my god. I'm, I'm, I'm eager for this. I just saw the movie, the 2018 movie the other day. Uh, again. And it is so brilliant. I love it. I love it so much. And I, I fell in love with them again. And Every single goddamn... I hope they do something with All Might. I hope All Might gets his powers back because everything is better when he is here. Everything's better when All Might's there. I love All Might to bits. Oh, my God. And I love Midoriya, young Midoriya over there. I love it. I, I love the whole thing. It's just... It's so cheesy, but it's cheesy in that really super-duper fun way that, like, you just can't get enough of. And they have some really good philosophical discussion that is typical of anime, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, the Joker movie, last little bit. The Joker movie, some news about that. Um, I think the director's name is Todd Phillips. Um, could be wrong about that. I could have made a note about it, but I don't care because that's how I roll. Off the cuff, shooting from the hip, 
that's how we podcast over here at Blurred United. Uh, Joker movie is going non-comic. The speculate that should end all speculation about what the movie is about. That whether it's going to follow uh, the Killing Joke type storyline of the Joker. That was very very popular. Um, but no, it's apparently it's a completely original origin story. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think that's fantastic. It keeps us guessing. It keeps it interesting. So we're nobody. So we're all gonna find out together, and we're not gonna have any of those stupid fucking nerd discussions about. Hey, I know. Well, according to the comic, that's not actually accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no according to the comic. It's not based on a comic. This is exciting. Yeah. Anyway, people, uh, we're gonna get in some discussion just now. Um, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the news with me. Uh, I would like to say that was in brief, but it wasn't in brief. It went on longer than it was supposed to. About 10 minutes longer than it was supposed to. It always does. I'm having fun out here. Anyway, let's join you just now for our in-depth piece. Um, I'm going to be talking about Ariel. Black Ariel. So, Ariel is black. Yep, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, is a black woman. And the internet freaked the fuck out last week. Over the course of the last week, since it was announced that Halle Bailey, um, um, I think she's on uh, Grownish, that's the show she's on, um, within the Disney family. Uh, ever since it was announced, the internet has gone into meltdown. There's been so many reactions to this that, I, I, honestly, I gotta tell you, I, 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 the minute it happened, I knew we were gonna have an issue. I mean, we reported a while ago, it was much earlier this year, that um, Zendaya was one of the early contenders to play Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid movie. And I, I, I legit thought there was gonna be Zendaya. I, I, I really did. I didn't, I didn't see this curveball coming of them casting somebody else. Um, Zendaya is really, really popular within the Disney family, and uh, yeah, I really thought it was going to be her. But that said, I know very little about Halle Bailey. I don't watch Groomish. I don't watch. I haven't seen anything she's done, so I can't really judge her on acting merits. But I will say she's fine. She's fine. Hell, she's so fine. I just looked at her and I was like, God damn. Anyway. Um, where was I? God, I'm just looking at a picture of her right now. Anyway, um, so yeah, Halle Bailey's been cast, and the internet is in full-on meltdown. People are talking, coming out, and saying, "Oh, you're a racist if you don't like it, if you don't like the casting decision." And they're saying that like this is just another case of blackwashing, as it were, that's going on. And man, I, okay, I'm gonna break it down right now. I've heard people saying this is racist. If you don't like it, you're racist. Okay, let's address that. Right. This is a complex issue, first and foremost. It is a very complex issue. I am not going to try and say that it's, it's, it's very, very simple because too many people are making it out to be simple that The Little Mermaid is... It, sorry, it's simple that, that you're racist if you don't like The Little Mermaid being cast as a black person or a person of any other race. This is complicated because, look, the, the Little Mermaid was written by Hans Christian Andersen, right? It was written by Hans Christian Andersen 
and it is they even have a statue of the little mermaid in the bay in copenhagen like literally go to google this thing it is a, the little mermaid they did a figurine of it based on hans christian Hansen while hans christian Hansen was alive and it was like motherfucking love that shit and it's there it's there it's, it's a real thing it was and it you can clearly tell it has caucasian features the little mermaid was written as a was written originally it wasn't really written as a as a caucasian because you can't write caucasian as, <laughs> i don't think so when you're talking about a fish lady but yeah it was it was a it was a it was first done every single iteration i've ever seen is a caucasian lady right then the disney one comes out in the 80s and everyone is convinced yep it's a red-headed little white girl with a fish tail as, as a body so all the original fiction is of a caucasian girl so if you want the if you want to say that like they're racist because they can't accept that it's being changed i don't think that's absolutely right i think i think you're myopic maybe because i don't think there's any aspect of the little mermaid story that is uniquely caucasian it is not uniquely scandinavian it is not uniquely um it is it is not uniquely white or whatever it is it is not a, a scandinavian story specifically that has to be set in scandinavia you could take that story to australia and it's the same thing you could take that story to japan and it's the same thing because you could take it to america the caribbean africa wherever you like it is the same thing because what it is it is a story of somebody who feels as though they are something other than they, they feel a connection with a world that is not their own that is what the story of the little mermaid is and that is a universal story it is not a uniquely black white asian latin american native american whatever story it is just a story of love finding love being found with outside the bounds of the culture with which you are in and that could have been with anybody to be honest but that said all the original all the fiction that has been presented of, of the little mermaid thus far is white and is of a white girl and there is nothing wrong with wanting it to be presented like the original fiction there's not a goddamn thing wrong you grew up that way you grew up with it being presented one way and now all of a sudden they're changing it I get that. I get the anger. I get people being upset about it. It feels as though something that you love very dearly is being changed for no reason whatsoever, to no, to no uh, ostensible benefit. Like, what is, what is the actual benefit of her being black? There's no real benefit outside of greater representation and diversity in the media, but like, if you want greater diversity and identity in the media for black people or people other people of color then why don't why don't they just create something new you know that's that's the counter argument here and the argument that i kind of like i'm kind of leaning toward because yes i want more disney princesses who are different color but at the same time like just there's so many other goddamn stories in fiction that disney could be doing that could include black people or Asian people, I mean, they're doing Mulan right now. Great, they're doing that. Where are the other ones? Pocahontas is another one they're going to probably end up doing very soon. Although that's a politically charged one. But they're going to do that eventually. Trust me on that. And I think that 
they should have other sto- but there are other stories there are other stories to be told in the live action genre or even animated that they haven't explored yet that could involve people of color with or more just simply more and more diverse spectrum of princesses that they're not doing just yet and i wonder why that is and why it is that they decided to change this one this particular one to a black lip girl i, I wonder i'm not I'm, I'm, I'm just curious more than anything else and i would love to get some answers from somebody over there busy about it or from one of y'all about it but i don't think you're being racist if it's simply because look it was this way when i was growing up and i would like it to be presented this way as a first rendition of a live action thing i don't think that's racist i think that it might be a little myopic um but i don't think it's necessarily on the surface of it racist it starts becoming racist when they start saying that girl's not going to do a good job because she's black or because she's black it's going to be some sort of African jungle bullshit or it's whatever. That's when it starts becoming racist. That's when you're starting to creep. So watch yourself on that one. Watch your damn self. All right? But I don't think on the surface of it is it is anything racist. Now, why is it myopic? Why am I saying it's my you're being myopic? All right. Let me break this down. I'm a geek. Right? I'm a geek. I, I don't think I got to prove my geek card or anything like that, but I uh, will. It's like this. Mermaids have been around for a goddamn long time. It's, it's, they're not new. I mean, they're almost entirely Northern European in origin. They were first seen in Northern Europe, I believe it was, or it, was, it might have been the Greeks who first talked about mermaids. I mean, they talked more about sirens than they did mermaids, but be that as it may, mermaids are a European thing, right? They're a European invention, a, a fantasy creature. Now, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for nearly 20 years. You know, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I used to play Magic the Gathering. But then I decided to take up a cocaine habit because it was cheaper. <laughs> right? Um, but no, no, I didn't. I'm not on a, I don't have a cocaine habit. But it is, uh, it is still cheaper to do, do cocaine than it is to participate in Magic the Gathering. God damn it. Or at least it feels that way. It is expensive. Those cards, motherfucker. Yeah. All right, so now, in the, if you play Dungeons & Dragons, though, you will notice something. You will notice that merfolk are a com- core component of Dungeons & Dragons. Merfolk present a very, very wide spectrum of characters. There are all kinds of merfolk. There are races within merfolk. I once played a Dungeons & Dragons game where it was just, where we played as merfolk, right? And they come in all different colors and sizes and races and spectrums. They're just like elves. They're how you have like city elves and you have high elves and you have dark elves and you have the like, right? Um, they have all different specialities and things like that. They all come in different colors too. You understand? Now, if this is what I'm trying to get at, that this is a fish lady, goddammit. This is a goddamn fish lady. She's, she doesn't have to be from the, 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 the merfolk that you know. If Disney are drawing from other forms of fantasy in order to present a story and tell a story that we still don't know how they're altering it, because like if they're willing to take out Mushu from Mulan and present it in a more orthodox, straight, presented in a straight fashion, then I get it. I get it, y'all. 
Mulan is being presented that way in a more serious fashion. So if they're trying to alter the story, then alter the story and present it in a different fashion. Give us a new look. I think part of the failure of some of these other ones is that of, of like Aladdin is that it wasn't a, really a new look at a, the story of Aladdin. It didn't really present a new look at it. It was just like, this the Aladdin you know and done and dusted. And Lion King is the same. It's, it's kind of like... Why are you making this movie if you're just gonna give us the same thing you've already seen? You gotta give us a different slant. You gotta give us a different look, right? That's the only reason to redo something because if, if you're just gonna give us the same shit, then just re-release the original one. You don't need to do a new one. Just re-release the original one and go for it, right? So I believe that Disney have to go for a different slant on the Little Mermaid story. Um, I don't know if they're gonna present it in the Caribbean or they're gonna present it in Africa somewhere or. Um, I don't know. I don't know any of those details. I think it would be interesting if they presented it on the coast of Africa, actually. I think, or Northern Europe. If they presented somewhere in Northern Europe, that would be that would be kind of ace, actually. Um, but be that as it may, I think that if they're presenting a different story, then that's cool, man. Let's all just get behind the goddamn thing and watch it. I mean, I don't know if I'm actually gonna watch it. My, my daughter's probably gonna want to watch it, but I don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna want to watch it. I don't know. I don't know yet. But I fall back to this one point. It's a fish lady, people. It's just a fish lady. There's nothing cultural about it. There's, it's mermaid culture is mermaid culture. All, they have all different shapes, comes in all different shapes, sizes, and things like that. There's some that spend more time on the, closer to the surface, and they're the ones who like bringing people, drawing young fishermen, fishermen and, and sailors down to the depths of the ocean and killing them. They, those are the ones who like doing that stuff. Then there are people who, the one, the merfolk who live closer to the bottom of the ocean that never encounter anybody else unless, of course, they go down there to meet them and stuff. There are all kinds of merfolk. We don't know which merfolk they're going to be drawing from here. I, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. More, I need more information. That's where I'm at right now with Little Mermaid. I need more information. I understand the anger, or the, I understand the anger, I understand the frustration, I understand it all. And I don't think that it's, it, it, it's helpful to anybody, for anybody to go out here and say, you're being racist. You know, there's no, where's the benefit in just go jump into the race card? Because let's, let's be honest. We all got mad when they cast Scarlett Johansson in that, uh, in, in Ghost in the Shell. You know, we all got mad about it. Why do we get mad about it? Why, why? I don't, there's no, on the surface of it, there's not too much difference. There's not too much difference between these those two situations. I can understand people saying that, but look, we need greater diversity in media because that's the world we live in. And that's what we really, we all of us need to get behind, greater diversity. How it takes form is the question. And I think Disney, they kind of took a cop out here. I, ultimately speaking, I feel like they copped out, took a cop out and casting a black lady. I think that is gonna be good, but I don't think that it's what the industry needs right now. I think what the industry needs is a new original storytellers, new original stories told by fresh filmmakers, fresh storytellers, trying to t tell new stories that that give us something that we haven't seen before. They give that, that bring us closer together in, in terms of understanding each other's cultures. That's what we need: fresh, interesting new stories told by fresh, interesting new filmmakers. Not the same old stories with just, oh, look, we put a black girl in it now. That's ultimately how I feel about the whole thing. I don't know. Y'all tell me how y'all feel. And by the way, don't forget to rate this 
and rate this or wherever it is and share it. Tell people about the podcast. We are back and we are going to be doing it more often, okay? I'm going to bring in some new people and we're going to talk more about geek culture because that's the culture we really need to be talking about, okay? All right, see you guys. Bye.